Well, folks, I uh, want to preach uh, preach to you tonight, and going to try to get you out by eight, and that's good. We uh, we're we're planning on heading home tonight, so I will not preach long to you. I promise. But uh, if I preach too fast for you, I apologize. Sometimes I get to doing that, but I hope the message will be a blessing to you tonight, and uh, and we'll be in Luke chapter number seventeen, and we're going to talk about uh, this story. Uh, story re- regarding Jesus and the uh, the healing of the lepers. All right, Jesus here he heals uh, ten leprous men. Of course, uh, I love as I told you, I love preaching about Jesus. I love preaching the name of Jesus, and I love uh, I love preaching stories of Jesus. And this is one of the ones that um, really just has caught caught my attention. It's something that. Uh, the question, especially that the Lord asked here, kind of it's it's on my mind a lot, and it, it's uh, and it's something that I hope um, as we preach tonight be a blessing to you. Are we there tonight in the Bibles, uh, Luke Luke seventeen tonight? All right, let's go ahead and we will read verses eleven through nineteen. The Bible says, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them... Now, how many were healed? There were ten that were healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. That question is what I want to preach to you tonight. Uh, verse number 17, when Jesus said, where, but where are the nine? Where are the nine? Let's preach about that tonight. And uh, let's have a word of prayer. And as I pray, if you pray and ask the Holy Spirit of God to speak to your heart tonight, help you tonight through, the, through His precious Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for the opportunity to preach, Lord God. I appreciate this uh, good group being here tonight, Lord. And God, they're here to hear from You, not from me. I pray that You would please... Please speak through me, Lord God. Speak through the message. Lord, it's Your Word that changes lives. It's not what I have to say about it. It's what it says. God, please help me tonight to preach Your precious Word, Lord God, with power and authority. I pray that Your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. I pray that You'd give us ears to hear what Your Spirit says to our church tonight. God, bless bless tonight. Lord, whatever the need is, we're all needy people. I pray that You'd speak to each heart. Lord God, if there's any here that's never come to You by faith, Lord, trusting in You, Jesus, our risen Savior, and what You did for us at Calvary, I pray that tonight would be the night that they put their faith and trust in You. Bless us tonight, Lord. Bless Your Word in Your name. Amen. Alright, I want you tonight to picture these ten leprous men. 
Alright, in this story, there are ten leprous men. They are, uh, they are standing outside a, uh, outside a certain village that was at the outskirts or the, uh, maybe a suburb, if you will, of Samaria. And as Jesus comes by this certain village, there are ten leprous men. Uh, they're outside the gate of the city where they were commanded not to enter. They were no doubt close friends due to the company that miserable conditions often bring. Uh, this is what happened a lot of times. And of course, leprosy was a lot more common uh, back in the Bible days than it is now, though it is still a disease that people have. Um, in, I, I actually did a little bit of research about leprosy a while back. It's, it's more commonly referred to today as Hansen's disease. It is actually uh, treatable and uh, curable today for the most part if it's caught early. Uh, they have found antibiotics that help to heal it. Though many people still have it, there are actually uh, what you might call leper colonies. There are several in Louisiana. Uh, there are uh, actually uh, a few in the Philippine Islands and different places. And about 150 to 200 people in America each year are diagnosed with Hansen's disease, believe it or not. And of course, but it is treatable. Uh, this is an interesting fact. Apparently, it is most often carried by armadillos of all animals. I, I'm not sure I understood that. I, I read that and I reread it and it's, you know, of course, of course that's Wikipedia. You never know. I guess you never know how much you trust that, but uh, that's what I was uh, studying, finding out about it. But back then, folks, back then it was a disease that was eventually going to kill you. Some people might have had a slow-working leprosy. Some people might have had it much more progressed, but it, it, had been, it eventually would... Well, it would, you know, cause, cause much misery, much pain, much, much anguish, and then eventually death. And so they were, they were segregated or they were kept together because it was very contagious. And they began to be, they, these ten men were probably very close friends as they gathered here outside the city that they were not allowed to enter. But they no doubt had heard of Jesus because they knew well enough who he was when he came and they knew well enough to call out to him when he passed by. They may have even heard that he would be in the area. Look at verse number 12. It says, and he, As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. These ten men must have either heard He was coming or they knew who Jesus was. They had heard of Him and they met Him there. They were waiting for Him. They wanted to meet Him and they cried out to Him. They called out to Him. Of course, not being, being able to only get so close to Him as He entered the village. Even though they stood afar off, folks, they had the courage and the faith to lift up their voices and cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And of course, Jesus heard them. And folks, this is something I love about this story. And this is something that I love about every story about Jesus in the Bible. Because anytime we find anybody in the Bible calling out to Jesus, He does not ignore them. He, he went and met each need, even though, and you, and I'm, I know some of you may think, well, what about the Syrophoenician woman? Well, He didn't ignore her. He didn't ignore her. And Jesus does not ignore any who call out to Him. Of course, Jesus heard them. Jesus hears everyone who calls out to Him by faith. There is not a story in Scripture of a person calling to Jesus that He ignored. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto Me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Um, of course, the Bible says... Uh, 
Uh, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Folks, I believe in a whosoever gospel. I believe that any who calls out to Jesus by faith, that He will, that he will hear them and that He will save them. And He does so here with these men, with these lepers. Jesus tells them, first of all, if you will, if you'll notice, in verse number 14, uh, what does He tell them? He says to them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. Go show yourselves unto the priests. According to Jewish law, the only reason if you were a leper that you would go and show yourself to the priest after you had been declared a leper is uh, if you were cleansed or if you thought your leprosy was going away. Then you would go back to the priest and hope and pray that maybe he would find you, find you clean or that he would say, hey, you know what, it is looking better. Come back in seven days. And if you go, folks, you know, sometimes it is a bit laborious to uh, read the, the book of, of Leviticus in the Bible. It's, some of it's kind of, okay, okay, getting through the law and different things. But when you correlate what the law was with some of these stories, it helps you to understand that. The only reason that these ten um, uh, lepers would go to the priests is if they thought that maybe they were becoming cleansed of their condition. But Jesus didn't heal them right away. He told them instead to go show themselves to the priest. And look at verse number 14, and it says, And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. So He didn't heal them right away. He said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And of course, they may have looked at each other and wondered and said, but, you know, probably just with one accord by faith, they decided, all right, let's go. Now, the priest, of course, he was, um, Samaria is about, I believe, I don't, 30, there it is, 30 miles, about 30, 31 miles apart, depending on what part of Samaria, this certain village they were at was. It was probably going to be about a 30 mile journey. Uh, that would take the average person about 12 to 15 hours to walk. It would have ended up being uh, a day's, at least a day's journey for them to get all the way down to Jerusalem to find the priest, to show themselves to the priest, and hopefully be pronounced clean. But as, as they're on their way down there, I don't know how far away they had gotten. The Bible doesn't tell us that. The Bible just tells us in verse number 14 that on the way, as they went as they were heading down to Jerusalem, they were cleansed. And we notice here, folks, and um, this is the exciting part about it, is that they had to show faith. They had to leave. They had to walk away from Jesus and head down to Jerusalem by faith. They were not healed or cleansed right away. It was while after they had shown the faith to head towards Jerusalem that they were cleansed, that the Lord healed them. And of course, I love this tonight. And This message isn't necessarily focusing on the Gospel tonight, but I love to include and I love to preach the Gospel in any way, in any message that I can. Why? Because it is the most important thing that can be preached. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. And I love the Gospel message, the Gospel story in this picture because these men had to leave. They had to walk and head to Jerusalem by faith before they were healed. And, uh, and I love that picture here. First of all, the, the, uh, the picture of salvation in this story is that they knew their condition. They knew their condition. They knew they were helpless. They knew they were hopeless. They knew they had a disease that they were doomed to a miserable death. And folks, 
folks, I'm here to tell you tonight that in, in our sinful condition before we meet Jesus, uh, as we are walking through life, the Bible says that we, uh, if we have not believed, that we ha- are condemned already. Folks, tonight we are a hopeless, we are helpless and hopeless sinners doomed to death and eternity and literally hell, but for the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you've never come to Jesus by faith, then, I, then your condition tonight, the Bible says that we are sinners in need of a Savior. First of all, they knew their condition. Then the Bible tells us that Jesus came. Then Jesus came. Jesus was the only one that could cleanse them of their leprosy. And folks, tonight, Jesus is the only one who can cleanse us of our sin. And He came solely for that purpose. Matthew one twenty one says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Folks, if tonight if if you're if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation and take you to heaven, then the Bible says that that you are in a hopeless condition without the precious blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm here to tell you tonight the wonderful good news. I love, I pointed out, we had a man come to our church recently that uh, when he left, he said, you know, I I love your church, I love your preaching, but he said, how come come there isn't a cross anywhere in, in your auditorium? And uh, and I said, well, you know, and I, you know, oftentimes I don't look at the look in my auditorium, maybe in the eyes of a visitor, or someone coming in the church. And I talked about it with Heather, and we'd been talking about wanting to put a cross on our pulpit, and uh, so we actually did. We got one, we glued it on, and and of course he's been coming, still coming faithfully, and he's excited to see that. I noticed you you have two crosses in your uh, church, and uh, the point about that cross tonight, folks, is what that cross represents because you don't have to die hopeless you don't have to die helpless in your sin because God sent the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life the precious Son of God Jesus Christ He came to earth He laid down His life on that cross for you and me He was buried and three days later He rose again and He did that so that all who would trust in Him can know for sure they have eternal life through Him this picture of salvation. Not only did they know their condition, not only then did Jesus come, but they called out to Him. They simply called to Him asking for mercy. How do we have salvation? Well, we've got to call out to Jesus by faith. Jesus wants us to simply call unto Him for salvation from our sins. Romans 10, 12, and 13 says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon Him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They called out to Jesus. They called unto Him. I love the story in the Bible, the picture... By the way, this is introduction, and I think I'm taking too long, but I love the story in the Bible of the... Um and the two men that went into the temple, the one, the proudful Pharisee who, who listed out to God all the things that he had done, and then there was simply the man that was a publican sinner. He looked down, and the Bible says he smote his breast, and he said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible says that man went just went home justified. And I'm here to tell you tonight that all you've got to do is, is call out to Jesus by faith, which say, Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner, and He will save you. 
He will save you. They put their faith in Him. They obeyed Him by faith. Lastly, not only did they realize their condition and then Jesus came and they called out to Him, but they put their faith in Him and they obeyed Him by faith. Have you done that? Have you done that tonight? And I know most of you have. I know it's a Wednesday night. And, but I, I, I would not want to preach tonight without mentioning the Gospel and encouraging you, if you've never trusted Jesus by faith, that you would do so even tonight. He will save you and only He can save you from your sin. The lepers had no shame, we find, in openly calling out to Jesus. And I hope, I hope tonight that there would be nothing, nothing, nothing that would keep you from calling out to Jesus and asking Him to save you. Now, this, now I'd like to get, I guess, to the point of the message, if you will, tonight. The question, where are the nine? I want us to look tonight at this one. The one that was grateful. The one that was grateful. And uh, we'll look at we'll look at his life, and then we'll go. We'll be done tonight. Uh, you notice here, of course, that there were ten that were healed. But what does verse fifteen say? And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. There was only one of the ten that went back to thank Jesus. You ever wonder tonight about? And I do. I wonder often um, about people that profess faith in the Lord Jesus. They profess, profess that He has cleansed them. They profess that they're on their way to heaven. But you just don't see that much fruit in their life. You just don't see God using them. You don't see them obeying by faith and, and following the Lord. And you don't see them faithful in church. And you don't see them walking and talking and behaving like a Christian. And sometimes you wonder what, what the difference is, I guess, in their lives. That's what I think of when I think of there being ten cleansed. There being ten cleansed from their leprosy. Folks, p- picture, if you will, the change that... that the change that came over them to go from being a, a hopeless, helpless leper, miserable, in pain, to being suddenly cleansed. And just think about the remarkable change that must have come over them. By the way, I, this is the wrong time to mention this. I meant to mention it when we first got started. I, I always preach in a suit coat, by the way, just like your pastor just occurred to me that I should mention that. I do. We actually took a trip up to... And I'm sorry to interrupt the message. I'm going to have to get right back to that exact point, And I'm not going to be able to do it, but I just thought of it. Um, we, we actually took a trip up to Wisconsin Dells and we were, we, were, we were given two nights there. And so we were on our way back. I forgot to pack my suit coat. So I, I, I ran to Walmart and got this for 40 bucks, folks. So I didn't really have enough to get a whole new suit. So I just want you to know that, okay? Tonight, um, I always wear a suit just like your pastor. I'm not... You're not supporting a, you know, trendy, yeah, liberal or whatever. No, no, no. I, I, that, that's the way that went. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, you know, I have a horrible mind like that. But if, it, if I don't say it when it comes to my mind, I'll forget and I'll never explain that again. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. My goodness. I'm destroying my... Think about the change that came over these men. But folks, that truly doesn't even... Compare to the change when God saves us. Think about, I mean, these men obviously, they, leprosy is miserable and they would have died a miserable death, but these men still died of something. I don't know what it was, but the Bible says it's a point on the men once to die. 
Folks, the most important thing, the biggest change that can happen to us is the change of our eternal destiny. But when we pass, when we trust Jesus as our Savior and He saves us, the Bible says we pass from death unto life. Hey, eternity is so much greater, so much vaster than just the little, the small blurb that our life is. Think about how much more important it is when Jesus saves us and when He makes us a new creature and when we go from having to spend the horrible, awful thought of spending an eternity in a lake of fire to spending eternity in Him in a place that we don't deserve in a beautiful, wonderful, matchless place. Think about how much greater a change that is. And folks, if, if the Lord Jesus has saved you tonight, I, I encourage you and I beg you with this message tonight, don't be like the nine that did not show Him gratitude. Don't be like the nine that did not let Him change their life. Be the one. Be the one that was grateful. Only one of them turned back to give Jesus glory. And notice the way that He did it. And there's four things that He did tonight and we'll be done. We'll go through them quickly, I promise. First of all, He turned back. He turned back. One of them, when He saw that He was healed, in verse number 15, first, the first thing He did was turned back. He turned back. They're on their way to Jerusalem. They were cleansed. I'm not sure where the other nine went. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us. They, they probably, my thoughts are, they probably did one of two things. They either continued on to go see the priest so that they could get, because they would still need to go see the priest. They need to get, uh, in essence, a certificate. Um, I'm not sure what exactly he gave them, but the, the priests need to pronounce them clean so that they could go and see their families, so that they could go about their normal life. I'm guessing that's probably where the other nine went. Uh, maybe they just went instead and were just so excited that they wanted to go show their family and their friends that they had been healed. I, I really don't actually think that they necessarily did anything negatively or wrong after being healed. But there's just one that turned back to worship Jesus. Has your salvation been enough for you to turn your life around? To turn you around to find Jesus? Hey, listen, if He saved you tonight, especially if He saved you maybe from a life of of, of wretchedness and miserableness. If He saved you, there's a man in our church that has just an amazing, amazing, incredible testimony. This man, he, he was, he had, he, he had been, he was about 40 and he'd been, uh, recently divorced and he was, um, his son was in trouble. His son was, I, I believe at that time, facing incarceration and he was, he was so, he was so discouraged. He was so depressed. He tells a story of on a, on a, on a Tuesday night coming home from work and he had, he had a, I guess some, some booze there and a gun and he was gonna drink and then he, he was gonna end it all. And these folks came by and knocked on his door. These two men from a church knocked on his door, asked him if he knew that he'd die. If he died today, he'd go to heaven. He said, no, no, I don't. And they led him to the Lord and, and God's done some, he, he truly is the, the biggest, one of the biggest blessings in our church. But he's got such an amazing testimony of what God's, he was that close to ending it when somebody came and knocked on his door and told him about Jesus. Well, I tell you what, that man serves the Lord. 
And so, and sometimes I wonder if we just don't think about what God has saved us from. What He, how, to, enough to turn, to say, I'm turning my life around. I no longer am living for Marty Montgomery. I am no longer am living for anything else that I want to do. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ. I'm turning back. I am following, I'm finding Him and following Him. Where did the other nine go? I don't know. But only one turned back and the other nine just went on in their brand new cleansed life. I'm here to ask you tonight, has your salvation done enough to turn you back to find Jesus? I've got to go find Jesus. I've got to follow Him. I've got to do whatever He commands me to do. I've got to worship Him because of what He has done for me. This one He turned back. Secondly, He glorified God with a loud voice. He glorified God with a loud voice. Notice that in verse 15. He turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. This man let loose in praising God so that all around him could hear. With a loud voice glorified God. Look, I understand everybody's got a different personality. I understand that. Some of us are maybe more prone to be loud or excited. I know you all probably will leave thinking that that's more my personality. Folks, I don't know that it really is. I'm actually kind of more of a, of a quiet person. If the Lord hadn't called me to pastor and preach, I probably would be a bit more of a loner. I love to fish. I love to watch football. I love those things. I'm not much of a shouter and a hooper and a hollerer. But sometimes I get to be that way when I preach. Why? Because I'm preaching about Jesus. I'm preaching about the one who is worthy of hooping and hollering about. I don't know if this man maybe had a louder personality than others. But whatever your personality is, there's got to be... Are there times in your day that you just rejoice in the Lord? Just glorify Him. Thank God for thank you God for saving me. Hey, this man he turned around and with a loud voice glorified God. I maybe even in a quiet voice just say thank you God. Thank you so much for all you've done. Praise the Lord. God's been good. You turn to your wife, turn to your husband, say God's been good. Glorify God. Hey, we need to get back to glorifying God. We need to get back to praising Him. If you sing loud, sing loud. If you sing quiet, sing quiet. But whatever you do, glorify God in in, in what you do. Do all to the glory of God. Hey. He glorified God with a loud voice. I tell you tonight, folks, I think... I don't know if we'll all have the same personalities in heaven that we do down here, but I think we're going to let loose when we get to, when we get around the throne room. But when you get to read in Revelation chapter number four and all throughout that, any time you see a picture, an idea of what's going on in the throne room of heaven, and you've got the very presence and glory of God, and you've got twenty four elders bowing and and at the in one in unison saying, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord, uh, Lord God of the." whole earth is full of your glory and uh, and the the other things and then they cast their crowns. Folks, we're going to get to shouting. We're going to get to glorifying God. You may as well do it down here where it can have a testimony and an influence for the cause of Christ. He glorified God with a loud voice. I think sometimes most of us would rather stay with the nine than to unashamedly praise Jesus. Think about that. Think about that. How easy is it for you to just give Him glory? Just praise Him.
Thank God. With a loud voice. You see, it's so much easier to stay quiet with a nine, isn't it? This man, he glorified God with a loud voice. The third thing we see him do, verse number 16, it says, And he fell down on his face at his feet. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet. This man, he fell at Jesus' feet. I believe, folks, in surrender to the one who had made him whole and reporting to him for duty. Lord Jesus, you saved me. I want to live for you. That's what I see in this in this in, in, in falling down, falling down on your face before before him. He fell at Jesus' feet in worship. And folks, I I I Lord Jesus, He does not save any of us just to just for a fire escape from hell, if you will. He saves us because He's got something He wants us to do. He's got a means with, for, which, for us to serve. Romans 12.1, Paul put it this way. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Folks, when you think about that term, reasonable service, it is reasonable that if Jesus has saved us, that at some point in our life, we get down on our knees, and after we have glorified Him and thanked Him for saving us, that we say, what, what can I do? What would you have me to do? How can I serve you, Lord? God's got something different for each and every one of us. But I actually, I didn't, I didn't preach this on Sundays, but I, I mentioned this on Sundays. How many of you, if you, if you will with me right now, take a deep breath. Go. Alright, everybody's breathing. Actually, what, what scared me is that only about three people in my church did it with me on Sunday night. And I, I said, that, y'all, y'all are breathing, right? And they, you know, they laughed and everything. I think they just didn't know where I was going with it. But if you're breathing tonight, God's got something He wants you to do. He has an area that He wants you to serve. Whether it's personally at home, the way that you worship Him and the way that you pray and the way that you come to Him and ask Him for things and, and read His Word, or whether it be here here in, the, the, in God's house, in the local church. Well, I am a local church. I believe in the local church. I believe in the importance of this local church being here. I believe God's put this church here for a reason. And I believe God's put you here. If this is your church, He's put you here because He wants you to serve. He's got something for you to do. And the Bible says it's a reasonable service. When's the last time you just got before the Lord somewhere fell, and fell, fell on your face, even as this man did, fell at your face, on your, on your face, at His feet and said, Lord, what, what can I do? Folks, I believe this is why we have an altar call. And this is why we invite not just sinners to repent, but, but to save, to sacrifice, to surrender. Because I think sadly, as these, these other nine, I think, I believe many will taste of His wonderful salvation, but will never come to His feet and surrender. Or will maybe come 
after it's too late for them to do much for Him. But if you're here tonight, and if you're breathing tonight, God's got, a, God's got a, something He wants you to do in service. I don't know what it is, but He's given you a gift, the Bible says. Find out what it is. Serve Him. Offer yourself to Him. Offer yourself to the Lord to serve Him in any way. And we got to get done. I've got five minutes. Lastly, He gave Him thanks. He gave Him thanks. Notice this in verse number 16. Giving Him thanks. Giving Him thanks. And this one's simple and short tonight. But how often do you thank Him for cleansing you? You know, I love... We were talking with the men back here. And I love... One of the most wonderful, precious things about salvation is justification. Is that folks... He's forgiven me. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven us of everything. We, Bible, I believe with all my heart that when we're saved, that we are justified just as if uh, I had never sinned. Walking, um, um, positionally speaking, clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Hey, what a blessing that is. How amazing that is. When's the last time you just thanked Him for that? Because as we were talking about, I know I'm still a sinner. and Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not the sinner that I would be. I, I hope I'm not the sinner that I would be without His grace. But, but it, it's such a wonderful thing to be cleansed, to be forgiven. Hey, when's the last time you thanked Him for that? Giving Him thanks. His display of giving thanks, folks, truthfully, though began when He turned. When He turned and went back to find Him. Thanks is not just for giving. Thanks is for living. And our living for Him begins with giving Him thanks and offering ourselves to Him. He gave Him thanks, folks. He gave Him thanks. Look at His question. Look at the question of Jesus. And i just say a few things and we'll be done tonight. And that's when Jesus said in verse 17, And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where... Are the nine? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? This leads me to believe, folks, and maybe I, you know, maybe I should have put this at the beginning of the points before the points. This leads me to believe that I believe that there is a way that Jesus wants us to worship Him. I believe that there is a way that Jesus wants to be worshipped. And it's not as the nine may have worshipped Him, but it's as the one did. Because I began to think about this. How, how do we know that the other nine didn't thank the Lord in their hearts? I meet people in town, knocking on doors. I ask them sometimes. I ask them if they know the Lord is their Savior. Some of them, I've been told many times by several people, yeah, I do, I I just worship God at home in my heart. We can all worship Him in our hearts. And oh, that's okay. That's that's true. I guess to that for that purpose. How do we know that the other nine didn't go back home and spend time worshiping Jesus at home? And maybe they did. But the truth is, and the truth is, maybe they did. But then, why would Jesus ask this question, where are the nine? Why would Jesus ask this question, where are the nine? You know, I believe tonight, I believe with my heart, that there is a way that Jesus wants to be worshipped after salvation. And it's not, I'm saved, 
thank, thank God, thank Him for His salvation. Now I'm going to go do this. Now I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go and carry on to the, the priest and go get that certificate. And then I'm going to... I believe with all my heart that Jesus expects when He... Folks, He died on the cross... He came, He did not have to do that. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. He came and He did that. He did that for you and He did that for me. And I believe with all my heart that He expects more than what He got from the nine. I believe He wants and expects from each and every one of us that we turn back that we glorify Him with a loud voice, that we fall at His feet, and that we give Him thanks. Is there maybe a specific way Jesus wants and expects to be thanked, praised, glorified, and surrendered to? I believe so. It seems that Jesus wants us to openly, publicly, and physically glorify and worship Him. And that's why I asked the question, where are the nine? I noticed this tonight too, that the nine, they were not ashamed to call out to Him for mercy. Notice that again tonight. Verse number 13, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But then after they were cleansed, after they were cleansed, there was only one that with a loud voice glorified God. That's shameful tonight. Boy, they they had they had all the they had everything they could to say. Lord, Lord, have mercy on us. And then once they were cleansed, and there's one that turned back with a loud voice, glorified him, fell at his feet, and gave him thanks. Folks, tonight I encourage you tonight, and I know I'm preaching mostly to the choir tonight, but this whole the whole purpose of the message tonight is to encourage you. If the Lord has saved you, He wants you to worship Him. He doesn't want us to live our own lives in our own ways, always seeking after everything that Marty Montgomery wants. He's got something that He wants you to do. And He wants you to turn back and follow Him. And He wants you to glorify Him. And He wants you to fall at His feet and give Him thanks. Are you doing that with your life tonight? Are you doing that with your life? Are you the one? Where are the nine? Where are the nine tonight? I hope, the, I, hope, I hope nothing more tonight than to be an encouragement to you. To be like that one. Turn back. Live your life for Him. Serve Him. Go and find what He wants to do. And do it. And have Jesus say... Well done, thou good and faithful servant. One day. Let's bow our heads for prayer tonight.